And it is a belief that causes incredible amounts of stress and pressure on people. I gotta do it all perfectly right now. If you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. Live with that. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to another episode, my friends, of the Inspired Leadership Podcast. My name is Susan Power of Power Up Leadership, and I am here with my co-host, Tyler Bailey, communications and virtual presenter coach. Today, we have the one and only George Anastasopoulos. George is an executive coach and CEO of Leadership Fundamentals, and he recently just wrote a new book called I love Mondays. Now, I'm not going to give it away because George is going to tell you a story behind why he loves Mondays and why you can love Mondays too. So if you're curious, if you're skeptical, keep on listening. And if this podcast brings a smile to your face, share it with someone you know, and maybe they'll love Mondays too. Let's hop into it. Welcome to Inspired Leadership, George Anastasopoulos. Thank you so much, Tyler. Glad to be here. Tell us a little about yourself. You know, who is George and what's most important to you? You know, it's interesting when you think about a last name like mine, Anastasopoulos, there's a real, it's a tongue twister, right? And it's a, it's a Greek name, as is probably obvious, the, obviously the case. And like many Greek words, it's a combination of several words. Um, Poulos, which is the second half of my name, uh, is the Greek word for the house of or the clan of. And the front half of my name comes from the Greek word Anastasia, which means the resurrection. And so my last name translates into the house of the risen son, which means I had better try my best to do something meaningful with my life if I'm walking around with a last name like that. That's a fantastic last name. And I think really... mine means tax collector. And <laughs> my first name means tile layer, which is pretty awesome. I mean, I make beautiful works of art and then I collect taxes. <laughs> so, uh, I pay taxes. So I guess that makes us even in this country. <laughs> You know, and you asked me, you know, sort of who is, who's George, what's he all about kind of thing. And, and really, I've come to realize that I'm here because I want to improve the way the world works in the world of work. And that's part of the reason why I wrote the book I Love Mondays and is really the genesis of and the foundation of uh, my, my business model and the work that I do in serving clients. Yeah, George, I see it behind you. I love Mondays. So why did you write this book? Why do you love Mondays? Do you do you truly love Mondays? Yeah, I do love Mondays. And the reason I love Mondays is because I love my work. I love where I do my work and I love who I do my work with. And because of that, I've come to realize that there's a, an approach to getting to that place and anybody can be there. And I wrote a book to try to inspire and to give hope to people in terms of, yeah, there is a journey, but we can all get there as well. And I want people to say TGIM as often as they say TGIF. George, have you, have you ever been stuck in a job that you actually hated? 
or have you had this approach this whole time you actually worked out the framework for the approach and that's what the book's about or how did you handle it well i mean i've had jobs that i've hated and i just feel i stumbled upon a dream job like i get i guess i got lucky but do people get lucky or is there a framework here? or have you ever had that job you hated uh no, absolutely absolutely i've had jobs i've hated in the in the in the 20 years in the 20 years when i had like a job job uh, working for a company and a corporation doing whatever um you know i've had plenty in fact i jokingly say in those 20 years i had at least 20 jobs working for at least 20 managers in four different companies um so there's i would transition a fair amount but so and plenty of those jobs were very like unpleasant and as I think back on what made them unpleasant and why did I not like them and, and so on and so forth, I, I came away with a couple of interesting thoughts. I thought, okay, well, first of all, because maybe the job was trivial, like the, it, it lacked meaning. Uh, perhaps it was the fact that I wasn't learning anything. Perhaps it was the fact that it came with so many problems, I didn't know how to see my way through them. Uh, perhaps it was the fact that uh, it, I, my plate was overloaded and I felt stressed and burdened by it all. But the biggest reason why the job wasn't like good and I hated my job was the people. There were people and I just didn't get along with them. Now, that doesn't mean I was particularly special or they were particularly evil or anything. It just means we didn't get along. We could not find ways to collaborate effectively, to understand and contract effectively, to work in a way that produced a team result that was really wonderful and, ex and extraordinary. Um, in my case, I, I kind of bared through it because my job would change pretty quickly for whatever reason I got transferred or promoted or something changed. Um, and so I went on to the next one, but I learned that true satisfaction comes from working with amazing people and everyone's got the potential to be amazing if you can find what it is that's important to them. If, you, if, if I want to really be happy, I want to work in a place where I say to other people, oh my God, I love working with you. Well, for that to happen, I've got to make sure that those people say about me, I love working with you. So it all starts here. I hated my first job. I was working at Wendy's as a teenager and I'd get so greasy from being around the fries, the deep fat fryer your shoes would slide across the floor and I hated it. But once I got to know the team and we started to joke yeah. around, I started to like them. I didn't hate it so much. And then when they started measuring sales and giving you a free meal, when you sell the most through suggestive selling, they had me hook, line and sinker. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And in many ways, it isn't the job. It's, 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 it's the people that are around you and it's the reason for the work. You know, I'm reminded of a, of a, a situation, 1962, John F. Kennedy was uh, president of the United States at the time, was touring NASA and um, was, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies and, you know, interacting with the staff and doing a bit of a morale boost thing. And he was introducing himself as he wandered through NASA. And at one point he said hello to a janitor and he asked the janitor, he said, excuse me, sir, what do you do? The janitor said, I'm putting a man on the moon and the way I'm doing it is by making sure that there is cleanliness and sanitation so that the engineers need to stay focused on that and not to have to think about anything else. I'm gonna make their life easy and their life wonderful so that we all put a man on the moon. 
How do you coach a leader who feels burned out? How do you transform them into a leader who can inspire and articulate that we're going to put a man on the moon or whatever the mission is of the company? How do you help that leader be inspirational? What most managers will do is they will practice the three-word belief that does not serve them particularly well. And they're going to try really hard to make this belief work for them, and it doesn't work. And the three-word belief I'm referring to is, I got this. And you don't. And the problem that managers face is that they're trying to deal with burnout on their own. As opposed to recognizing a much more effective and a much more helpful belief, and this is a leader belief I'm about to share with you, that is a forward belief. And the forward belief is, I am not alone. And so when a manager, what I coach managers on, is their shifting of beliefs from a manager belief, I am, I got this, to leader beliefs, such as, I am not alone, that changes the way they think about their situation. It changes their behavior and it changes their actions and ultimately it changes the outcomes. And so by starting that process, they're able to reach out in a collaborative way and say to someone, hey, Tyler, you know what? I am going through some stuff. I'm not sure what to do with. I'm confused. Um, I'm sorry to share this with you, but I'm really hoping you might, can, might be able to help. Mm-hmm. And it all starts there. Especially with changing the way you're looking at your team. Totally. Changing the way you're looking at your environment. So what is, what is the best leadership secret then that you can share with our listeners? Something that they could start doing today, right after they finish listening to this podcast. First of all, there are no bests. And, and for me to even suggest that I can come up with the best is, uh, I think, a, probably a little bit arrogant. But I, but I can offer a few thoughts. Like to me, I, I don't want to be there. But I, but I do want to offer a few thoughts about some things that the readers can, can take away that might be helpful or the listeners can take away that might be helpful for them right away. And the first is a little more belief-oriented, conceptual. The second one is a, a considerably more tactical. So I'll give you maybe both flavors of it, all right? And so at the more belief side of it, I would say that go out into the world right now and think, in, think this thing. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Live with that. And when you live with that, it starts to change everything from an I focus to a we focus, from a it focus, it being the work, the activities, the processes, plans, and tasks and things that get done, which are part of everybody's job, like whether you're in finance or operations or sales, there's a bunch of it work, right? And that's fine, but it's about who. So go together. On a more tactical basis, though, I would say if you truly want to make an impact right off the bat, be an amazing leader that'll start to change the world immediately, acknowledge everyone you interact with every day, every time for something. Even if it sounds like it's as trivial as acknowledging the check out cashier at your local store for giving you the correct change. Acknowledge them for having done something right, something that is a behavior that's appreciated. Those acknowledgements 
will cause people to continue to repeat those perform that behave those behaviors. It will give them what everyone needs and is sadly lacking, and that is true recognition and appreciation. Because we are all, as a species, really good at spotting the flaw. And managers in particular are particularly proud of fixing the problems, because that's in many cases how many managers view their roles is fixing problems. And so it's easy to spot the problem and to fix the problem and what's wrong and how to do it better. However, go out and merely acknowledge. Just having people do these tiny little interactions can really slowly shift sort of the fabric of the culture, just the mentality of it. If people constantly acknowledge the little practices that they want to see more of. You hear the classic scenario when a manager doesn't have time to meet or doesn't make time to meet with their direct reports. But, but George, where do you start if a leader feels like, I got this, I'm, I don't need any help. I, how could I possibly get better as a leader? I'm a senior VP. Why would I need development? Like, how do you start turning the corner with someone like that? Rather than how do you help this person become a better leader? The problem is, uh, what's it take for this person to want to be a better leader? Yeah. And if I don't want to be a leader, then you can't coach me there because I'm not interested. <laughs> and so until I get interested, in fact, if, until I get committed to it and say, this is really important because, and I can fill in the blanks when, with a concrete reason for why it's imp truly important, then I'm not really interested because I have a successful formula. I get paid lots of money. My results are you know, pretty decent. They speak for themselves. And uh, you know, so I, I have no reason to shift the behavior that's working for me to try to apply behaviors that are untested, I'm uncomfortable with, and may backfire on me and I'll fail. Mm. So you have to get them interested, capture their attention. Is there any positive relationship when someone hates Mondays? Are they going to be a bad leader? Or do you know? I, you know, I, I don't have any statistics on it, uh, but I can tell you that those people that go to work and are feeling the pressure either in their chest or shoulders, their neck, However, in the pit of their stomach, that's where I felt it most Mondays when it just right in the pit of my stomach, I couldn't have dinner on Sunday night, I couldn't have breakfast on Monday, mm -hmm. simply because of the anxiety that was growing in the pit of my stomach. Um, there, there's the solution is leadership. The solution to that is leadership and leadership isn't about as I, I think I mentioned a moment ago, it isn't about it stuff. In other words, being better at creating better strategy or doing competitive analysis or coming up with a better digital marketing campaign. That's good stuff, but it's it stuff. And it stuff is what managers and employees do. Mm -hmm. Leaders are all about who. So they look at somebody through the lens, not just through the lens of the job, they look at it through the lens of this is a human being only. And, and I see, I see. Can totally. you- and totally and ultimately. Can you speak to the point, um, your view of human-centered leadership and what does that mean to you? It's a little bit like saying, you know, um, oxygen is good for you because leadership is about the human being. In fact, in, in my book, I Love Mondays, when we further explore through the course of the book, I don't want to give away everything here, but as we further explore through the course of the book, what, what it means to be a leader, it means to be a human being. We show up and we deal with each other like human beings. Most of us, many of us, go to the workplace and we behave in ways 
with our coworkers that we would never think to behave with our families or our friends, or for that matter, even the people around, you know, that you meet in the playground, if you happen to have little kids that you take to the playground, we would never think to behave that way. And yet we do it at work. And the audacity of it is those people that we do it to at work and with at work, they're our teammates. Like, give me a break. <laughs> Does any of that make any sense to anyone? Mm. And so creating workplaces where I love working with you is only possible if I can have you say that about me. I was in Air Cadets growing up and we had to learn the definition of leadership. It's the art of influencing human behavior so as to accomplish a mission in the manner desired by the leader. I think that's pretty, that's pretty good. However, nobody told me it's looking at a person as a human being and what they really, what, what do they really want out of the situation, seeing if we can get that for them as well. I hear that definition, Tyler. I can't help thinking that that's a definition of leader written by a manager. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Probably that, really. That's exactly it, isn't it? I'm not dissing management here. Don't, please don't misunderstand. Because the science of management is a good thing. I mean, Peter Drucker's written a handful of books on it. There are other management gurus. The science of management is designed to allow us to, you know, have processes and methodologies and and rules and 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 things that actually work to produce positive outcomes in a business environment. It's called, but that's called management. And there's nothing wrong with it. What I, am, what I am dissing, if you will, is our obsession with the managing. And by being so obsessed with managing the it stuff, we forgot about the who in the workplace, and that's people. And when we forget about who, we forget about why we're doing this in the first place. George, leadership muscle. How do you continue to build and refine your own leadership skills? You know, whether that's working with the community or professional development, what do you do to stay current and to build your own leadership muscle? I continuously teach and I practice teaching and training and coaching people on their skills by modeling that behavior. And when I create teaching methodologies, as I have in my leadership fundamentals, my company, in our programs that we run, the six core competencies that I've created that create that are all about leaders, all of those things. When I create those things and I teach them, I'm actually strengthening myself. Yeah, no, that resonates with me. I always tell my coaching clients, I learn as much, if not more from my coaching clients, because they see things from a different lens than what they hopefully take away from working with me. And it's really, it's really interesting how you can ask one question and get two completely different answers when you think, oh, it's clear what the answer is. And then they take it from another direction. Like, oh my goodness, that's so interesting. <laughs> Never thought about it like that. So George, what, what is next? What's next in 2022? We're both learning, if you will, what it takes to be authors and marketers of a written art of a written piece, a book in this case. So we're our goals in 2022 and beyond are all about making I Love Mondays, putting I Love Mondays in front of millions of eyeballs. Like that is the, the that's the thing. If you remember, as I said, I think I said earlier on, I said my you know change the the world, you know, the world of work uh, or within the world of work, how the world of work works. Uh, in order for that to happen, you got to reach a lot of people. And so for us, it's about putting the book in front of a lot of people and to create disciples, have people want to be, yeah, I, that's what I want. Because we wrote the book for hope and inspiration. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a business, it's a business book, right? But it's a story. I wrote it as a, we wrote it as a story. Mm-hmm. So our job is to, you know, put it in front of many, many people is to encourage them to be part of a movement where we start to change and transform cultures and organizations, which become very human centric. And, uh, and then launch uh, I Love Mondays too, which is uh, currently uh, in the early stages of its production. That's awesome. It's a great vision. If everyone loved Mondays, the world would be a different place. So thank you for writing that. And where can our listeners order a copy? Is it on uh, Amazon or on your website or where do they go? Well, uh, actually all of the above, but the simplest way is to go to my uh, website, leadershipfundamentals.com. The very first uh, yellow button or orange button that they'll see uh, will offer them a free uh, PDF download. So we're serious when we say we want this in millions of hands. It's available on Amazon. It's available on at Barnes and Noble at Indigo Chapters. Uh, any your favorite online retailer, hardcover, paperback, uh, Kindle, Kobo, as well as uh, audiobooks. So it's kind of everywhere. All you got to do is go to my website, click on the right button, off you go. And if you don't want to spend the whatever it costs to get it in your favorite format, my God, I'm giving it to you for free in PDF. So there you go. Welcome back. Another big thank you to George for being on the podcast. And I've just gone to George's website, leadershipfundamentals.com. And there's a big orange button there that says request your free copy. Start loving Mondays. Yeah, I want to start loving Mondays, don't you? (laughs) Thousands of people that are going to start loving Mondays. Oh my gosh, the millions, hopefully. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. And hey, if you know somebody that doesn't really like Mondays and wants to start loving them, maybe send them this podcast. This is exactly what they need to hear. And as always, 